Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's a boomless night as I lay here sleepless. It's a boomless night and I'm waiting for you. Your purple beam that shines so freaking, so freaking bright. But I lay here sleepless. Oh God, every time. Well, I can't wait for the beam until it does mean the mean. Oh, what's up? You know, I don't know what I was Where trying to do. Where were you going? It went from emo to like Broadway. No, I was trying to do, um, uh, I think, uh, the, uh, panic of the disco or someone that is okay. done. Okay. Does it, I, I like the workshop. You're yeah, workshopping yeah, yeah. here. You're <laughs> workshopping here. You got ideas? Let's go. Oh my goodness. I hate myself. All right. Well, uh. Cheese and peas to all of us. Let's start the broadcast. Do some more. We're coming down three, two, one. Hit my music. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the most confusing Kings season in probably their 39-year history. Sacramento Kings on the road. The road trip continued. They take on a Sixers team that was playing without Joel Embiid, playing without Kelly Oubre and Robert Covington. The Kings were a bit shorthanded. No Kevin Herter in this one. But the Kings, believe it or not, they lost a game. And when they lose, they just lose bad. Mm -hmm. The final score of this one was 112-93. to The Kings lose to the Sixers, they are now 23-15 and 15 on the season. Sacramento shot just 33%. They were 8 of 38 from downtown, and Tobias Harris had 37 mm. points. <laughs> we are recording this late on a Friday night after a busy day. Morgan was in San Francisco doing Kings pre- and post-game with Mike. Baby! I was in Stockton doing some NBA G League basketball. The Kings... Of Stockton taking on the Iowa Wolves. They won. So then I drove back to Sacramento. Now I said, hey, Morgan, let's spend some time together talking about another fun Kings loss. Boo. I mean, what on earth is this season? I mean, you know, at first it's like, oh, you know, I mean, this happens. Inconsistent. We're, you you know, you never know what you're going to get, right? That's fine. This is a disturbing, it's not even a trend anymore. It is what it is. That's it. And I called it what it was because you asked me even 20 games in, you're like, usually when you're 20 games in, 15 games in, Morgan, you are down to create or to define a team and their identity. And what did I say? Inconsistent. That was my answer then. And what's sad is I really thought that there was going to be change, but no, that is the identity of this season. This is more than inconsistent, though. You know, like, you, when we think inconsistent, we think of, hey, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It's like, when the Kings lose, they are a 
train wreck. I, I hate throwing out numbers at the beginning of podcasts because I'm gonna, th- but because they're a lot. But can I throw some out? You r- why real fast? are you asking me? Like, what am I gonna do? Hit you if you throw them out too quick? Like, throw them out. God, sometimes just run the play and be like, yeah, throw them at me. You know, we don't have to go that far. Okay, some bitch. The Kings have 23 wins this year. There's a number for you. 23 wins. In their wins, they're scoring 126.2 points per game. In their wins, they're shooting 50%. In their wins, they're knocking down over 16 threes per game at a 40% clip. Those are fantastic numbers, Great right? Wins. 50, yeah. 40, 126 points. You're near the top of the league. In their 15 losses... Sacramento is scoring 104.4 points per game. 29 out of 30th in the league. In their 15 losses, they are shooting 42% from the field. 29th in the NBA. In their 15 losses, they are shooting 31% from three last in the NBA. Oh, it gets a little worse from there. They are losing this season by an average of 16.7 points per game. That is last in the NBA. The teams around them, Utah, Portland, who's beat the Kings, the Charlotte Hornets, who beat the Kings, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Washington Wizards. Three of those teams I mentioned are some of the worst in the NBA. The Kings are losing worse than anybody any 30 teams in the league in their 23 and 15. And I can't in the West. In all my years of watching the NBA, I haven't seen anything like this in my life. This is bizarre and it can't keep happening. No. And no. It is very bizarre. And I think it's fair the thing that they are consistent at is being the very most inconsistent in this league. You just put out all those numbers. They are some of the worst numbers in the league in losses. But somehow in these wins, you are seeing just some really good basketball being played. And it's not like, oh, in some of these wins, there's only five wins on the season. There's, what, 23 you said? Yep. 23 wins. In In those 23 wins, there's some pretty damn good wins in there. So... Confusing, yes, Um, but at the same time, I feel like what this roster is, is this. Like, this, like, stop, stop, like, we can't sit here and go, things are going to change with where this roster is. Things have to change to the roster for this habit, this inconsistency to be broken. And, yeah, it's, it's. I think a lot of people already kind of knew that, but at the same time, I think there's other reasons why too you're seeing the inconsistency because of how people react when things go bad, mentally and physically. How people are deflated when things go bad in a game. Um, how it just feels like nobody can just take over in a loss. And I'm not putting that blame on De'Aaron. I'm not putting that blame on Sabonis. I'm more talking about what we saw last year as a team do since some of these losses where you saw a team just really rally behind guys and be able to at least make it 
uh, not a good loss, but I mean a good game if it was going to be a loss. But you're not seeing a good game in any of these losses. The the other problem with that, Morgan, is we are this deep in the season. They just played game 38. We're literally almost halfway through the season. Game 41 is coming up. That's oh, the literally. halfway point wow. of the season. And <sighs> outside of Fox, Sabonis, Keegan, and Malik, who do you trust that's going to be there on a consistent basis? And when I say it, just be there... I'm not saying you need guys. Oh, all your guys have to be locked in all the time. No, but the reality is you've got a, the four spot and the two spot are just major questions in your starting lineup. And then your bench, depending on who you go to, you just don't know. Yeah. Mike Brown is searching at the halfway point of the season. Searching. Okay, so this is my question to you too because you talk about the searching. It's so funny. I was saying to... Mike Bibby off air when we were just watching the game. I'm like, he's like, there's got to be consistency. I go, you really don't think that there's something more to it. I go, you really don't think there's some behind the scenes stuff, politics, trying to showcase this or that. And I'm convinced that there is, right? I'm totally convinced because I'm like, there's no way Mike Brown is leaving in Colby Jones or going straight to Colby Jones before Keon Ellis. And you're trying to tell me that like, Oh, it's just because he's searching. But at the same time, if he's going to Colby Jones, then why is he leaving him in for only nine minutes to be showcased or to be seen or whatever it is? So I'm taking a step back and I'm going, maybe I'm wrong about that. And maybe really it is just Mike Brown searching and looking for answers. Uh, Can I ask you a question and then answer it? Sure. What? Go ahead. I think I asked you a question and then I answered it. I don't know what your question was. It was it was a statement, and I was asking you a question, and then I ended up making it a statement. Okay. Um, I think he is completely searching, and that's why you look at up and down the lineup tonight. I mean, you saw Chris Duarte started. Chris Duarte, a couple of games ago, wasn't playing. Herter's gone, so he's starting, and he played under 10 minutes tonight. Mm. So you, you didn't like what you saw in the first half, but then you started him in the second half. You know, Harrison Barnes started again, played 21 minutes. You've got literally two guys in your starting lineup at this point. Herter, who's been not himself at all this year. Mm-hmm. Harrison doesn't look right this year, right? No. Chris Duarte. Here, let's take a bigger step back. Let's look at the offseason for a second, Morgan. Okay, go back. Your offseason moves. Bring back Harrison Barnes, okay? Mm-hmm. Bring over Sasha. Yeah. You drafted Colby Jones. You brought back Lyles and Len, but I'm talking about, okay, let's bring, talk about some of the guys. Duarte. You traded two second-round picks for Duarte instead of just re-signing Terrence Davis, maybe mm-hmm. for a cheaper contract. Fair. You saw JaVale McGee was randomly available after a buyout in Dallas, mm-hmm. and you picked him up. All of those have done nothing for you. Nothing. Sure. JaVale McGee, non-factor, okay? Okay. Sasha... Let's call it the way it is. Non-factor. And whether you say, oh, he should be a factor and he's not getting a chance. I'm just saying in terms of what he has given to the team this year on the court has not given much at all to this team in the minutes he's been out there. Chris Duarte. Duarte, I mean, at best to me, he's a, a role player in this league. At best. And he's getting an opportunity to start because someone's out. And you gave up a couple of picks to do this. So 
you you wanted to keep the core group together. You kept them together. You brought back HB. You brought back Lyles. You added a few things, and the few it just hasn't worked at all. Yeah, this team needs an injection of something, and the thing I think they need an injection of is one, obvious defense. Right, you need some length, you need some size, but confidence, and that's why I keep looking at someone I mentioned last last podcast. I was talking about Zach Levine. I know that's controversial. I'm mixed about it, but I'm like, this team at times when it goes bad, it goes bad. I I need more guys with confidence. I need more guys with Malik Monk level confidence that won't get rattled if they're going through a slump. That won't get rattled if they're in a situation where they're missing shots for a stretch that they're going to keep playing and keep shooting and keep coming at you. It's, it's hard to find confidence without attracting an ego that breaks culture. But what I will say is that what you try and search for is that confidence, that person, that personality that has that confidence and you have leadership that is capable of um, working with or molding this personality into the system that you have with, you know, people skills and uh, relationship building and all those things. And I think this is the right organization to do it if they were going to go out and look for someone like a Kyle Kuzma, who is a first team, all confidence kind of guy, but also what a lot of the fears have been when talking about someone like that is what does he want to be on this team when it's De'Aaron and Sabonis first, Sure, sure. you know? And so I get it, but I think you are right where it's like, you're getting to the point where, okay, you need some different personalities to mix things up and find a way to mix it in and make it work. I'm just looking up and down this tonight. So, I mean, we saw a whole bunch of different guys get minutes early in this game, right? Colby Jones, you mentioned. Juan Toscano-Anderson, who's on a 10-day contract. Then we saw Sasha get some run. You saw a little Keon Ellis randomly. It, it, it's clear he's just go, trying to find something that works. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I, I go and mention something I, I've talked about before. It's like, do you just stick with something for a while? Like, for example, Sasha came in tonight. And Sasha came in right away, launched a three. Air like, ball. Had a bad turnover. Mm-hmm. Like, he just looked all out of sorts. Uh-huh. And a, a part of you is like, come on, man, be ready. But the same po- point, I'm like, this guy hasn't that's played. It. That's it. And it messes with and I and I'm the one that has sat here before and been like, okay, well, if you know it, it's gonna happen, then you gotta make sure to figure out a way to just be ready. Easier said than done. I already get that. I mean, Mike Bibby was talking about it on the show too, dudes, just saying how hard that is for anybody at any level to be able to just come on in and find your groove and find your rhythm when you're getting DMP game after game after game and feeling like that the pressure is there, like, oh, shit, if I don't make the shot. He was saying, like, in Miami, he felt that. Like, if I wasn't going to make a shot or do the right thing, then why am I even going to shoot it? Then I better be doing the other things. And it's like, but then if you're not doing enough of the other things because you're just not giving those opportunities, it's just in the in your mind, and then you're not playing free. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. With, ah. with this game tonight, and I know there's so many topics, and I feel like I'm all over the place at this point. That's okay. 
I actually felt like early on, I'm like, they're missing shots. I think I was even texting you. And and they were kind of hanging around. They played a little better in the third quarter that, like, they can, they can make this a game. They missed so many great looks tonight. I mean, at, at one point, I thought they were swapping out the Kings ball with a medicine ball because I can't believe how many air balls I saw. Sasha, Keaton, Trey had one. He was wide open, and the second you saw it leave his fingertips, it was going right. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what is happening right now? Is there a hole in the ball and the wind's hitting? Like, it made no sense some of their looks they were missing. But I think the thing that was frustrating tonight was, like, the turnovers. They was just, every time they turned the ball over, it seemed like the Sixers scored. Sixers had 14 turnovers. The Kings had 17. Not a large difference. The difference, Philly scored 29 points off those 17 turnovers. 29 points to 14 and i mean and it wasn't only that it was sometimes it had to do with philly's defense causing these turnovers active hands being you know collapsing and then other times it was just a travel going off of someone's foot just like didn't feel like they're engaged that's what i'm saying how many times did i see a king's player tonight at least twice leave their feet and throw the ball Behind them. Yeah. Behind them. Those are the moments. Those are the games where I'm just like, it's here. De'Aaron had a pass behind. So I'm like, where was that pass going? And so I don't know how to explain that. And, you know, I read some of the quotes after the game. I think Mike Brown was talking about how physical the Sixers team was. And I'm like, this is a theme that I don't like either. Is every time the Kings lose, we're on here talking about, man, that team was really physical. They got into the Kings. Well, are they being physical or are they just like playing normal basketball and you're not bringing, matching it? You're not matching the uh-huh. physicality of what good NBA teams play with on a consistent basis. Look at the way that the, I mean, we, we talk about those, those points off turnovers for the Sixers. Look at the pace that they were playing with. And I mean, we could, that's exactly it, Deuce. We could stay here tonight, just like we did in some of these other games with the Hornets and whoever else. And we're like, man, the way that they were pushing the ball, the way that they set the tone, the way that they were playing more physical, I go, why the shit couldn't the Kings find a way to match that? To even make an adjustment. And and that's it's been nice because there's been maybe two or three games where the Kings were down and they found a way to come back and be like, no, we're going to punch it back to them. We're going to match this. We understand this. It just never felt like it was going to come back. There was a moment in the third where I was like, maybe, just yeah. maybe they could get find that flow again. And then the Sixers just did a great job of really punking them, punking them all the way through. And also, why, okay, here's my question too. Why are so many teams lately, does it feel like making so many of their threes against the Kings? Because the Kings... The way they're defending it right now is... Like, emphasis on the paint? And I get it. I get it. But the problem, too, is, like, just not being locked in. Like, the, yeah. the, the communication's just not good enough. And I I cannot keep watching teams hit corner threes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. Wide open corner threes are disgusting to me. Disgusting. And you can tell me, well, you're trying to protect the paint. Then the guys who need to help out in the corner need to be locked in at all times and be ready to shoot out to the corner to contest the three. Because these teams are seeing it, and you know what they're doing every time? Boom. The easiest play tonight. I think it was uh, Maxi Paul Reed pick and roll. Sabonis and Duarte are there. Duarte fights over the screen to stay attached to Maxi. Okay. Reed rolls to the basket. Sabonis is kind of blitzing Maxi. They're blitzing Maxi sometimes. Maxi yes. gets Reed on the short roll. Harrison comes over to stop Reed on the roll. 
and Reed immediately fires it to the corner because there's an open guy. Smart. And Quick decisions. I don't know. Keegan, I guess, could have shot out there or Harrison needed to shoot out there faster. Whatever the miscommunication breakdown was, Harrison goes out late, and it's like, why are you even chasing? It's, I mean, it's a weak closeout. Like, too many weak closeouts. It, it's so irritating me. If you're going to play that way, if you're going to play to protect the pain, if you're going to be that aggressive on pick and rolls, then people have to be ready. Yep. The effort has to be there. And it's hard to be locked in all the time, but, man, you got to bring it all the time. Well, I, I just... It's, it's getting tough to watch. And this is, but why I know or feel, I, well, no, why I feel like this team is capable of being locked in way more than they are, why did we see so much more discipline last season? Like, oh, because it was the first fun season and, like, they had a goal in mind and they wanted to reach it? No, like, they still have, like, you still have a lot of those same players and a lot of that same culture and a lot of those same people around doing the same exact things but it just feels like there's too many of these nights where it's like it's not even about effort or taking the night off it's about not coming in with the engagement that needs to be i gotta be honest i i hear what you're saying and i think we all like talk about the defense not being good enough i'll say this the defense has been at times this year better than last year and i i I don't know saying the defense but you're just talking about being locked in like they were last year but i was i was saying locked in with everything okay. I'm, I'm saying like not turning the ball over off your foot i'm talking oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. making quick decisions For no sure. hezzies whatever you want to say no and but go so, on about the defense <laughs> i, I want to look at the the most current defensive ratings in the league right now to see where the kings are at. and by the way i'm not proclaiming like the kings are some defensive juggernaut now okay because we know they're not so the kings after tonight yeah they're 17th sweet in defense yeah no and like truly so, how many times in these wins are we talking about how good the rotations are, yeah, yeah. right? Like, I get it. So there were definitely some breakdowns tonight. But the bigger problem this year is the offense. Correct. And even if you're like, hey, they're not going to be number one like they were last year. Fine. But I think most people anticipated that this team would at least be a top five offense this year. At worst, you'd be like, well, maybe they're top 10. The Kings are 14th in offense. When you're 14th in offense and you're 17th in defense, you know what you are? You're average. You're just an average team. And the Kings record right now doesn't say that they're average. But the way the offense and defense are going, you're going, they're kind of average. And maybe on their their wins, they get hot. They get it going. I think that's been the biggest thing this year is in a year in which Sabonis and Fox overall are playing their best basketball of their careers. Keegan Murray's taken a significant step. Monk has been really good. This season, everyone else has been major question. I mean, Trey Lyles, you can kind of maybe throw in the mix there. But Kevin Herter, drop. Dramatic drop. Dramatic. Right? And then the rest of the bench, you're going, who, who else? So, it, it's just the offense is not as explosive this year. The numbers are down across the board. They're way down in losses. And I'm, you can't be having game, multiple games in, your, in an NBA season in 2023 where you're scoring in the 90s and here's a stat for you the kings now after tonight have one two three four games where they've scored under 100 points you know how many times that happened last year in 82 games morgan how many times how many times four times it happened four times all of last year under 100 four Uh, four times all of last season they scored under 100 points they've matched that in game 38. Mm. So I know so much talk about the trade deadline is, hey, 
you got to get some more. You got to get defense. I grant you that. Like, I, I get an upgrade for sure. Always get because more defense. At yes. this point, the two spot and the four spot for Sacramento this year have been disappointing offensively and defensively. They have been huge negatives this year. Where last year, that was not the case. Huge negatives. And then the guys behind him have not been huge pluses either. That is a problem. Huge problem for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrating. You sound a little bit more angry than when we started. Yeah. Yup, yup, yup. Let's bring it back to the... Hey, hey Chad, do I, do I sound angry tonight? Let hey, me know. let's Chad. take a poll. I just do something and sound angry. And the only reason... Here, I, like, going into the postgame show with Mike... Yeah. I'm just like letting the music, you know, it's just so loud. I'm just like annoyed and saying the score. And he's like, he just starts talking. He goes, I just want a game where I'm just like seeing it being a close, fun game because he's seen a lot of Kings games too, where they're winning by a lot or which is great or losses where they're losing by a lot. And he's like, I would just love to be like, oh, that came down yeah. to the wire. That was fun. And I feel like maybe we've had a couple of those. But for the most part, yeah, it's it's just annoying. It's annoying after a game like this when you go, the shorthanded Sixers. And I was making fun of Mike Bibby before and going, I wish Joel Embiid was playing. So then the Kings were playing a full, healthy Sixers team. I wanted like, that too. And he's like, I just want the win. I just want the win. And now I get it. Now I get how an NBA player thinks. By the way, uh, Sixers came into this game. They were 2-7 and seven without Embiid this year. 2-7. and seven. So they got their third win without Embiid in the lineup who's missed the last few. That's another story. He's We're talking about knee swelling. There was talk yesterday, like, oh, he's going to play. It's tracking that way. And they're, like, they're still swelling. That's it's, a major issue for that team. It's, Huge. Well, it's a major issue for that team. And it's just so weird, too, because of the new collective bargaining agreement with the 65 game minimum that you have to play to win like MVP and be on the all NBA team. Yeah. Just, and just throwing that out there. It was just a note that I saw and I was like, yeah, that's a good point. So what else jumped out to you tonight? So, I mean, I know we just, we, we haven't really focused as much on the game a little bit. I, I think, how do you with the game? Like I will this? say this. I, I, I do think in the first, I felt like they were getting some good looks tonight. And they miss shots. And those nights are going to happen for sure. But Fox was 5 of 15, 2 of 7 from 3. Malik Monk, who's been absolutely on fire, like just money. 5 for 17. He was 0 for 7 from 3 tonight. Um, by the way, when Monk scores 20 or more, the Kings are 10 and 1. When Monk has 8 or more assists, the Kings are 10 and 0. He finished with 15 points, 4 assists tonight. Just a rough night for him from a shooting perspective. Colby Jones, 0 for, 0 for 4. Lyles, 2 of 8. Uh, Sabonis, 6 of 10. That was another guy I felt like early on. I'm like, I can't have Sabonis not taking a shot in the first quarter. And oh, yeah. I, and yes, not Sixers shots. defense, aggressive, the no. double teams. And they were they're really good at getting that after the ball when he's put it on the floor. I don't care. I'm with you. Joel Embiid's not playing in this game. We got to find a way to get this guy going. You, I, I'm not allowing him to have. What do you have? Two points at the half? Yeah, I don't even remember. It just it wasn't enough. It well, and he also got two early fouls too. He got those two early fouls. I forget when he got yeah, the third. He picked up his third. In the no, he picked up his third in the second quarter. Eight oh eight of the second quarter. So it was a game where he he had three fouls again. He came out much more aggressive in that third quarter, and I felt like there was an opening there for Sacramento, but. Again, I, how, 
I feel like you could just turn on one of our podcasts after a loss and just like insert team name, insert opposing player. And it's kind of the same thing. It's like, hey, when you dig yourselves a big hole, when you get down by as many as 25, you have to play perfect basketball to get back in the game. And it's yep. really tough. And look, the Kings outscored them 27-22 in the um, third quarter. In fact, the Sixers... It's not like they had they like crushed it tonight offensively, especially yeah. in the second half. They scored under 50 points in the second half. Jeez. The Sixers scored 47 points in the second half. The problem is the Kings scored 47 points in the second mm-hmm. half. It was tied. 47-47 in the second half. Well, and here's the other thing too. Oh, there goes the bed. You uh you look at the beginning of the game, too, and you saw the flow of the game was a little choppy and weird. Yeah. It felt like the the refs were calling a lot of fouls in favor of the Sixers. But then look at the free throw attempts by the end of the game. Kings, 21 of 26. Yep. Sixers, 17 of 18. You know, so it, it's not it evened out. I mean, even that even out, you, you can control what you can control. And the Kings tried taking control. And I get it. You're going to miss shots. You're going to have those nights. But having justifying every single loss like this as you're going to have those games, you're going to have those nights in the NBA. It's like, no. It, you, it's just too much now. It, you got you to take a step back, reflect, and go, okay, this is who we are. This is who we are with this roster as this team. And it's frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating for them. Uh, because I'm sure wins are so fun for them. So fun. But these losses, it's just like anything in life. When something's difficult or or you don't like the feeling of disappointment or embarrassment or defeat or fear or whatever it is, it's like all those things can sometimes overpower these good feelings. And I feel like right now, too, with this Kings team, even though they have a better record right now than they did last season at this time, it's still those losses you're feeling a little bit more because of how they're losing. Looking at 2024. Yes. We've seen seven games for the Kings. Okay. De'Aaron Fox in the new year, 19.7 points, 40% shooting, 32% from beyond the arc, 4.3 free throw attempts on 73%, 4.6 assists, Nearly three turnovers. Okay. What's going on? Um, can I, right when you say that and I hear that, here is my my first take with it. And some people are going to be like, that's a cop out, whatever. I don't, I really, I just don't care. This is just my opinion. I look at what Steph has been doing yeah. in the little bit of the slump that he's in. And I just go, I go, it happens. And if you're going to play such great basketball consistently for so long, and then this is going to happen for a little bit. Do you? That's fine. Find a way out of it and I'll be good. Or f- when I say find a way out of it, I think that's even unfair. I think it's find a way to be the more dominant player that you were. I mean, I think it speaks great. Uh, it speaks more about the issues around De'Aaron Fox. Sure. You can't stomach him having a, a, a <laughs> tough stretch. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I feel like this is the annual De'Aaron Fox struggle time. I, I, I could be wrong, but it feels like this is like time of year every year. It's like, oh, here's, is De'Aaron okay? Is he hurt? He kind of like, I feel like when he's off, he looks like he moves bad. You're like, is that, that it's what? slower. It's yeah, a you're, step you're like, slower. Is it an ankle? Is it a hip? Is there, you're not attacking as much. 
I'll give him this. I felt like as the game went on tonight, he went more into attack mode. But, man, do that early then. You know, you got to get it early, especially when your team needs it. And I don't know if he's 100% right now. Just looking at it, it's like he doesn't look like he's moving totally great. And I get it. The Kings, I think, have played seven games in 12 nights. Blah blah. Yeah, He might be trying to work his way through something, but he's clearly not playing to the level we saw before. And it's not, even if you're going, well, he's not scoring 30 points a night. That's, I don't need him to score 30. Can he get like 25 a night and still be efficient and still be a productive? I'm cool with that. He was on a torrid pace. I just, the I can't have a, a drop off this efficiency for seven to 10 games, you know? And if so, that's where you need your team to step up. Mm-hmm. And this is where it speaks volumes to what's around the Kings right now. During the stretch, you've got Sabonis at 23 a game, 14 rebounds, eight assists. Awesome. Keegan's been stepping up. He's averaging 19 points a game during the stretch, almost seven rebounds. His shooting's up. Malik's averaging 17 a game. His shooting's all right. Three-point numbers dip a little bit. Harrison Barnes, during that stretch, eight points. Kevin Herter, five points. Five points. Mm. And it just goes down from there. So it's you're so top heavy. It's like, look, you cannot have a roster where it's it's a De'Aaron has to carry you the whole way through. That, I don't think this is how the Kings were planning on being built. It wasn't supposed to be a top heavy thing. It was supposed to be a pretty balanced thing well, where you never. How many times last year were like, man, they've got eight guys who can score thirty or that, more in a game. That and then even if you look around the league and you go, okay, these people have a big three or a big whatever star players. What it allows the role players to do is just be their best selves, right? And it, it because of the demand from these top-heavy players, you know, whatever, the, the Keegan, Domas, and Fox, and, like, what is supposed to come out of them, what they're supposed to produce, um, defenses and teams have to focus and adjust on that, which hopefully can allow other players to do so much more, the role players. And that's what we saw a lot of last year was it just like evenly, a a little bit more evenly spread out, even if it wasn't in points. It was with other stats like rebounds or steals or deflections. And you're just not seeing enough of that spread out. Now, where I will push back, challenge, or justify. Do it, you son of a... You've already called me a son of a bitch like twice, and I don't care. Where I will go with that, though, I go, but are they not capable of doing that because their minutes are so short? And I and I say that Dude. all down the line. Well, for and a lot that's of these the thing. Guys. There, there's when you have these con these conversations. Mm. It's a nuanced conversation. It's not all just one thing. Yeah, Mm-mm. certain players aren't playing to their levels, but. Why is that? I know. You know, and that's I like I Kevin Herter, for example, we talked about him enough, but I think Kevin Herter is a great example of like he gets in his own head a hundred percent, in my opinion, yep. when he struggles. Yep. And I don't think he was helped though when before the season Mike Brown mentioned the Duarte possibly starting a preseason game and then being yanked so much. I think some of this yanking of guys when they miss some shots or may miss make mistakes out there. I think it messes with them. And now the pushback could be like, well, you got to lock in and figure it out. You're right. You yeah. have to just lock in and fight through it. 
but you also want the chance to go out there and prove it. Like if I'm Sasha tonight and I come out there with a little too much energy, I'm trying to do too much. You know, he came in, launched a three, missed it. Okay, whatever. But he got an offensive rebound. He also threw it away. I'm taking him aside and going, Sasha, dude, you're cool, man. Just play out there. You know, like calm him down. Let him know that you don't have to play perfect basketball. I just need you to go out there, play your game and impact things. Instead, I think these guys are going, I got to make an impact. I have to do this now. And they're playing tight. This, this team doesn't look like they're having as much fun playing basketball this year, even in wins. Like it just seems it doesn't feel the same, you know, and they got to get back to that joy of the game. And that's with everybody. That's from coaches to the players. And for Mike Brown, it's like, I get it, man. You want this team to, he talks about all the time to go from bad to good. That's easy to go to good, to great, to make these jumps, to try to be a championship team. It's harder. It's harder to do, right? It's harder to make that jump. You have to be more, um, everything's just got to be tightened, right? You got to be smart with your decision-making. You got to be locked in all everything that goes into it. But I think he wants that so bad that he's been a little more rigid this year. He is. It's so funny. You kind of sound like Mike Brown because I think about when we went through a little stretch of uh, a few podcasts where you just were not happy after every single podcast. And it was like you 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 liked the way that we were breaking down the game and that we were informative and knowledgeable. But you were like, we weren't being ourselves. We weren't being loose. We got to be free. And... And that was on your mind, I felt like, a few times until finally it was just like, be you, be us. I mean, yep. and, and, and things happen in life, too, where that can kind of slow down your brain or um, make you go in different places. But then you just take a t- step back, you take a deep breath, and you go, what what makes me happy? What makes me happy is having fun on this podcast and doing a good job. What makes these players happy on the floor? Probably just doing a good job out there on the floor, playing free, playing basketball, understanding that they're doing, they are making money doing something that they love with mostly probably people that they like. And obviously there's going to be times there's going to be people that you don't like, or you're going to clash when it comes to certain personalities. But when you're seeing success or you all have the same goal and you're going in that direction, you can feel a certain way and I feel like that goal right now obviously is getting further into the playoffs for all these people but they're losing sight of what led them there last year and that was joy and that was fun and that was freedom they played loose correct they had fun now they're playing tight yes they're playing yes 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 it's it's in the back of their minds all in the back of their minds and I get it and you, I don't know if that's more Mike Brown. I don't know if that's on them. I don't know if that's them talking to one another and figuring it the fuck the heck out. <laughs> figuring it out. I feel like we just need to like, like give the the team this pocket. Like, listen, it's like we're it's like we're trying to motivate them with this. Like, hey, just play your game. Be yes. loose. I think they're good. have fun. Get your shit together. I think they'll they're they'll they're good. I think they have these expectations and you cannot aim for perfection. Here's a secret in life. What? You're not going to be perfect and you need to accept it. You can try to aim for it, but you're not going to get there. 
nobody's perfect. So stop expecting perfection all the time. Is the approach right? Is the effort right? That's what I care about. Are you putting the work in? Mistakes are going to happen. How are you going to respond? Well, some of these players, I think at this point, aren't getting the chance to respond. It's like, you're out. <sighs> Man. So tough. I know. This is, I'm I'm glad. I know you wanted to come into this podcast and really break down the game and everything. And I was just like, dude, I'm so glad it, it went in this direction because this is this is how I was feeling with this game tonight. With a lot of a lot of the things out there, it's like we could break. It just it feels so much more like a bigger picture game than it does like, oh man, the elements that led to tonight's loss against the Sixers. Do you think? Do you think this trade stuff too is impacting guys? One hundred percent. You couldn't. You could lie to me. You could try and lie to me. I would not believe you. I would not believe you. It's in. And then people. We can always sit at home and be like, they got paid a lot of money. It it's the business. It doesn't matter. It it's like I here's something interesting. I keep talking to a lot of people during this time of even like Carlin and his back legs going paralyzed. And whenever I say that, I'm like, yeah, they're you know, it's it's really it's really tough. And there's certain people, usually dog people, that really get it and they go, God, like that's tough. And they'll be, and then there's other people who'll be like, it's a tough time, you know, for me too. Um, my 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 dad just had a stroke or something, just something awful. And I reached this different perspective, and I don't need to compare, but I go, just because truly I feel like that their issue or their challenge in life is a little bit is more difficult than what maybe I'm going through. I still am going to feel the things that I feel. And my point to this is these players, no matter how we look at it in a trade and it's the business, they're still going to feel what they feel. They're human. They're going to have emotions toward their own life, toward their um, uh, life that they live in this city and, and maybe not wanting to be traded or moved and all those things. And millions of dollars sometimes like, sure, it makes life way easier, but it's not going to always just fix everything that's going inside your heart and your brain. That's fair. That's fair. That's all. Comment of the night nominee from yes. charms. Mojo. This loss is bad. I'm a binge. watch. I'm sorry. I'm going to binge eat cookies and watch blade. <gasps> Ooh, cookies. I almost wanted to grab another little beer. Did you want to? Yeah, why not? Split C? Yeah, cool. split a beer. Split a Ew. beer. It's one of those uh, Friday night pods <laughs> late, you know? Yeah. Appreciate everyone being here in the comments. Make sure to hit the thumbs up and subscribe. It does help our channel grow. We Our subscribers jumped again the last couple of weeks. We appreciate you guys who are subscribing, and it's really starting to take off this year which has been a lot of fun you know all i do think about too is how great would it be for the pod if even if the losses were kind of close so people weren't just like hey let's not listen to anything kings related because this team failed to show up again in a loss um yeah i mean I, i'm sure the trade stuff is definitely impacting things it 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 has to a little bit it's just vibes and everything it's just weird this year and and that's can i that's what i wanted to say oh so how many times last season during night chat did I said, guys, I need you 
everyone, and I said it with this look on my face. Deuce always talks said, about himself. Here we go. Everybody, enjoy these moments. Enjoy them. You enjoy know. each and every one of these moments because there is nothing, there's going to be nothing like this year. The, the, the come up. And you know what I said? I also said we already next, know, but year, tell us. next year is going to be completely different. Expectations are going to be higher. The team's different. It's going to feel different. And now what? Guess what? We're all feeling it. We're all feeling something different. We're like, oh, man. I mean, if you would ask us five years ago, hey, man, the Kings won the playoff drought, and then the following year they'll start 23 and 15, you'd be like, please, dear God. So you try yeah. to maintain perspective, but yeah. you also go, you know what? Yeah, but but I want more. You want more. Or I expect and, and, more. And these fans, yep. we deserve more. Yeah, but I, I think it's also I reflecting like that and being rational with your thinking, um, being fair yeah. with your thinking. Because, I, again, even when I did the post-game show today, after the game with Mike Bibby, a few things I'm just like holy shit like I'm doing a show with my freaking Bibby like it's just every time I'm just like this is so cool perspective and then then I go into it going like there's bigger things in life but I'm I'm connected to this team to this fan base all these things so I feel all these things but I'm also not gonna see sit here pissed off and just like disjointed that this Kings team lost to the Sixers team almost halfway through the season. Ah, like it. I'm also not just going to blow over it and justify things and what went down, but Hey, it brings us all together. All the people here on a Friday night to talk about it and to be um, disappointed in their efforts and also go, but what's going on? But it could be worse too. Comment of the night nominee again. What? Tea Time says, the Kings are the worst eight games of 500 team ever. <laughs> it feels so, like it. It is really confusing. What? It, that's, I, this is, and this is why I love this shit right here because this makes it, it, it feels yeah. like we're all on the same page with this. Like, yeah, it's probably the most confusing thing. Like, again, not completely pissed off, but just, also not okay. Man. <laughs> yeah. I, I have some other thoughts I want to get to. Also, uh, Zach Lowe had some glowing things to say about Keegan Murray today. Let's talk about we it. We should talk about that. And that that's another bright spot from the game. There's actually not many bright spots. In fact, I think that might be the only one. That was. Keegan Murray. We didn't get to it, but that was. Keegan came to play. Even if he missed shots tonight, Keegan Murray played his ass off. Diving on the floor, playing defense, Moving being aggressive. This guy's a dog. He made me fired up. Uh, we got more coming up on the podcast, but we should mention that tonight's podcast presented by our friends, as always, Northwest Exteriors. Wow, good new song. Was they're the good? best. They're simply the best, and they're simply the best. And you, in 2024, should definitely have them come over to your house and give you a free quote. Or you can go to their showroom in Rancho Cordova. Their local windows are a game changer, okay? If you've got a house that you have old windows, I am telling you the difference it makes to have new ones. Do are it. Energy efficient. They'll save you money. You'll feel safer. It makes your house look sexier. 
Everyone, yep. you, how many times have you just looked at your house and go, you know, I just wish it was sexier. Windows will help it. Oh, fun news. Yeah. They're actually going to be working on my sister's house as well. So, um, Charity gave them a call, loved what they had to say. Yeah. And so, and now she's already, she's, guess what she did next? What did she do next? She also got a quote on sighting just to get a quote and be like, hey, because they, well, they bought an older that. home and they're like, what should we do? So, they got the quote for sighting too, but they're going to work on the windows first. Yeah, so check out their website, TrustNorthwest.com. And if you upgrade your Windows system with the Energy Saving Sales event and you get new energy-efficient windows, Northwest Exteriors will pay your energy bill. You'll receive up to $1,000 credit toward your energy bill. So check them out on their website, TrustNorthwest.com, because simply the best, Trust Northwest. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Meanwhile, the Sacramento Kings. Jeez. What would be your moment of the game? Your sh- chat, help us out. What would your Sharif Jewelers moment of the game be tonight? No one beat in the lineup either, by the way. The Kings have officially lost 10 in a row to the Sixers. Yeah. Their last win came February of 2019. And uh, they're 0-14 against the Bucks, and we'll get to that, I'm sure. I didn't even think about the next game being the Bucs. Yep. And then, of course, the Bucs have been playing shit defense for the whole season. I've watched a lot of Bucs, and I'm like, this team is so disappointing after mm-hmm. the trade. Like they just do uh, that that be that Beasley Lillard backcourt's not gonna do enough. Then you turn them on last night watching the Celtics. I'm all fired up for that game. I know the Celtics on the second half of back to back after winning that overtime game against Minnesota, and all of a sudden they're playing lockdown defense. All of a sudden Chris Middleton's playing engaged defense. I'm like, wait, this is the Bucks team that I've seen all year, and now are they starting to figure it out before they play the Kings? I don't want it. I don't even want to talk about we it. We should note this. What? The Bucks do play Saturday against the Warriors. So they yeah! they will be on the second night of a back to back. Doesn't mean shit for the Kings. But anyway, um Sharif Jewelers moment of the game for me. Yeah. This is not even that big of a moment, but we were just talking about how we like what Keegan Murray did tonight. He was the bright light and everything. Okay. What if there was this one play where they, he passed it into Sabonis. The double came on Sabonis. Keegan moved without the basketball. Sabonis got him. It was just an easy, simple, fundamental moving without the basketball play, and I liked it. But if you want the diving on the floor. It's just so hard to even I know. give anything positive in this game. So what about Patrick Beverly's travel at the end of the first that gave the Kings one more opportunity with .1 second uh, – point one on the clock and Mike Brown was like, I'm not giving up. And he subbed in his bigs with point one on the clock. You like that moment. That was a good one, I guess. Um, I can't give anything positive. I, I just, I don't have it in me. ESPN. That's the other thing that irritates me. ESPN game. 
I know it was on NBC, but it's like Kings are on national TV. And, you know, this week I'm, I'm seeing the all-star voting come out and seeing that Sabonis is not in the top 10 of front court players in the West. I'm like, this is absurd. Like people need to watch him. And so what? They put the Kings on national TV and B's not playing. And then this is what happens. I'm looking at everyone. No one's giving any good no ones. No huh? one. Oh my God, you guys. So bonus alley oop to Keegan. That was another cool moment. Do it. Just do it. I mean, how, let's just put Keegan did some nice things. I cannot wait till we read this one <laughs> at the end of the season. Keegan did some nice things. ESPN game. Deuce is upset, is what he just noted. But Carlin still has only two legs at this point. That we should also do Carlin notes on these. Carlin does not. He has. He doesn't lose his legs. They're still there. Well, I mean, are they? In spirit. Who was your player of the game? Well, because you accidentally put it on the screen before the game, I already know, and it's fair. Tobias Harris, he deserves it. Well done. 37 points, seven rebounds, three assists, 14 of 25. I mean, it felt like he was making way more threes than just three of seven from beyond the arc. But yeah, he's our rock and soul diner player of the game. You know, the thing with Tobias Harris, I, I feel like he's been kind of the guy that's been pushed aside sometimes in Philly. But when he gets the actual opportunity, like this year without Harden being there, He's showing that he can be a good player. The guy's just a solid player. He's got great size. I think he plays pretty physical. He looks pretty locked in right now. And tonight, he was awesome. He was absolutely awesome. I have said this about Tobias Harris, even when people... I've disrespected Tobias. You have. You have. And, And a lot of... But you're not the only one. And a lot of people have. And I think it's such bullshit because... His size, his ability to shoot from so many different places on the floor and his scoring ability. And just because he has his slumps and ups and downs just like everyone else, or I don't know when James Harden is on the freaking team or not. It's like I look at his story and his grind and how his dad is his is still his agent. Either way, was his agent or is still his agent, has found the way to get him the most money, the most out of his career, and he is showing up to even throughout all these years, even if it is a little inconsistent or up and down. Tobias Harris, a rock and soul player of the game. Check out Rock and Soul Diner. We had a couple people on our Discord go over there today, I think. They were hitting me up asking, hey, what's the discount? I'm like, well, if you go there today, you get hooked up. The biggest thing, if you go to Rock and Soul Diner, just tell them you heard about them from the Deuce and Mo podcast, they're going to hook you up. There'll be some sort of discount that they offer. Yes, there's discounts throughout throughout the Kings games, after after the Kings games on Friday and Saturdays, and before Kings games on home games. So just make sure you're always going to Rock and Soul. It's six blocks away from uh, Golden One Center. Appreciate their support of the Deuce and Mo podcast. And you're welcome for saving you lots of money on a lot of yummy food. Uh, Morgan, do you want to get to the Zach Lowe stuff on Keegan Murray? Yeah, let's do it. So for those who don't know, Zach Lowe wrote a piece today. He does it weekly where he's like 10 things he likes. And number two today was about Keegan Murray. This is something that only ESPN Plus subscribers can read, so not everyone got a chance to read it. But Deucey Claus is feeling like he's... He wants to give some gifts tonight. And the gift is... I'm going to read it to you. I like it. That's very nice. Anyway, it was um, cool to see it. It says, Keegan 
Murray is here. Here's what Zach Lowe over at ESPN wrote. He says, when you taste success after 15 years in the dumpster, it must be tempting to rush toward more. Oh, yes. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. The Kings, now they're 23 and 15, are on pace for 51 wins. He says that likely won't earn the number three seed again. Slip to 49 or 48, and they may land in the play-in. Their point differential tells a different story. The Kings are only plus 38 this season, 12th on offense, 16th on defense, close to average. They have suffered several ugly blowout losses. What is a more accurate reflection of team quality, its record or point differential? It's a great question that we've been battling a little bit tonight. Very fair. He says the Kings feel ripe for a mega deal. De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis are 26 and 27 respectively, in their primes, ready to win. They own all their draft picks, future picks, save one first rounder and one second rounder. Two of their starters, Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes, aren't bringing enough punch. Combined, they are making $33 million, enough to get the Kings into any trade conversation. Okay. They have held at least internal discussions about almost every available big name, including Zach Levine, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, sources said. Ananobi looked like perhaps the cleanest fit, but the Kings do not appear to have gotten far there. They had no expendable young player the Toronto Raptors coveted. Murray would be that player, but the Kings have shown zero interest in discussing him, sources said. They are also concerned adding a third massive salary would hamper their roster flexibility beyond this season, especially if they trade away picks. Given all the constraints, I wonder if the best move might be standing mostly pat and keeping their powder dry, even if it means a slight step backward this season. Part of that is the possibility of the third major cog already being in-house, Keegan Murray. Uh, Before I get to the rest of it, what do you think about that? I, this is such a fair analysis, and I know some people go, what declining after such a great year? How could you? This is, I'll tell you this. There's been some great teams around the league that have done that. Just because it's not all positive growth doesn't mean that there's not growth there. He goes on the right. Over the past month, Murray is averaging 19 points a game on 53% shooting and 45% from three. He's doing more with the ball and handoffs and straight pick and rolls. Murray is shooting 50% on mid-rangers and loves to step back on twos and sometimes threes. He does a little of everything. A shapeshifter... God damn it. That was such a good line, too, and I messed up. You got it. Let's rewind. Can you rewind? We're not live, are we? No, go back. Murray is shooting 50% on mid-rangers and loves that step back on twos and sometimes threes. He does a little of everything. A shapeshifter who calibrates his game based on what the moment requires. I messed it up again, didn't I? No, you didn't mess it up. You just almost did. That versatility sings loudest on defense. The Kings have Murray defend everyone from point guards to power forwards. Facts. If Coach Brown wants to play three guards, Fox, Herder, Malik Monk, Murray slides up a position. He can play as a Mm. true wing and bigger lamps with Trey Lyles and Sabonis. The Fox, Monk, Murray, Lyles, Sabonis lineup has played only 10 minutes together. Brown used it to close Sacramento's win over the Pistons on Tuesday, and it should become a more regular feature. You I think? love it. This is Zach Lowe, ESPN, one of the most respected basketball guys, and we've talked about him a lot because, look, if you're a hardcore fan, you already know him. Uh, if you don't know him, you should check out the Low Post podcast. It's awesome, but his work's amazing. He is one of 
I think in terms of a national person, probably the top, the elite of elite when it comes to breaking down the game of basketball. Lock because in. he actually talks to players, coaches, executives. Mm-hmm. He knows the game and he watches games. That's it. He, that's it. He watch. Wa- so even he if watches he's not the Kings. up for the Kings, he will watch the Kings the next day yep. because it is his job to be good at his job. And if he wants to talk about it fairly, and I just think this is such a fair analysis of the Kings of Keegan Murray and what he is and what he can be and what the Kings can be is if he keeps developing and keeps growing, which is great because this is what we always talk about, but we cover the team. And when you see someone in the national media also have that pulse, you go, yes, bitch. Yes. I'm getting word. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. They're telling me we have reached our slobber over Keegan Murray quota for the week. For the week. Yeah. yeah, It's Friday. We're good. But we have a game Sunday. He better do shitty Um, then. Yeah. It was cool to see you. He, he said that. Um, but his larger point is, hey, maybe the Kings don't have to go make like some major swing at the trade deadline and go after one of the bigger names, like he mentioned, like Levine Siakam, where they can make a, a subtle tweak that can improve the team and just kind of trust that Keegan's going to keep getting better. I believe Keegan's going to be better. I think, I, I think we Same. made it clear last podcast how we feel about Keegan and yep. his potential to be an all-star in this league. The guy's an absolute stud. He is what you want as a wing. When you think of a modern NBA player, what do you think? Oh, size, shooting, versatility, ability to defend, and oh, by the way, he's an awesome dude who works hard and loves basketball. He checks all the boxes. That's what you want as a wing in the NBA today. He can still get better, and I'm eager to see what it looks like, but I'm all about it. So, so oh, what? Do you want more? I had one more say question more. for you. Oh, say it. What do you think about that idea of like not necessarily going after the big fish and then just kind of trusting that? I, I'm hi. Okay. Hi, I'm fence sitter over here. Yeah. I'm always okay with that shit. I love, I love development. I love continuity. I love all the things. Now, even when I say that there needs to be, like I did in the beginning of this podcast, say how there needs to be tweaks to this roster if you want to see something different. I have said this multiple times and so many people shit on me. I go, what about the under the radar trades? What, yeah. why, why not? Why can't you just like go forward with that? Cause that's not going to make you the can. move, the leap and all those things. Okay. But look what someone like Trey Lyles did. And you didn't know, you did not know, sure. you did not know that Trey Lyles was going to be as effective as he is. So my point is, is that you can do things and make changes without making big changes, and you're probably not going to see the results that you want to see, but you're seeing a longer, successful future. Let me put it this way. The move doesn't have to be Pascal Siakam, but the move can't be Kessler Edwards. I completely agree. And that's no knock on Kessler. It just, that role that he is in is so, so, so minimal. That's a swing at like a young player that maybe could like, uh, maybe if it hits, he can help you. Like you need someone that Patrick Williams that can help you now. But even that's a little bit of a swing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But it's like those underrated because here's my thing. You're still going to have to pay. So much for an yep. Alex Caruso. You're, you're Sacramento, you're small market. But even market. that, like, I, that, he's not like a star, great. but he could be a star in his role. But if you could do that, great. But I just don't see that happening. We're yeah. like Kyle Kuzma, Pascal Siakam. They're, even, even though I don't see them as 
the same tier of player. I see them to these teams, what Sacramento would have to give up for them is about the same amount, which is wild to think about. Um, the other thing that he had mentioned was the lineup, the the Fox, Monk, Murray, Lyle, Sabonis lineup. Here's another question for you. Oh, I love questions. And I know we did this. Some of this stuff, I feel like, you know, we, we do a podcast live after every game. You know, you're going to repeat some stuff, but we're getting more and more of a sample size. We talked about the inconsistency and in losses. Tell me why. Tell me why. Tell me why. You don't. You know what I'm saying. So let me get to it before you start singing. Tell me why you would not try a Fox Monk Murray Lyle Sabonis lineup to begin the game. Because I want it that way. Yes. Yes, I do want it that way. I, I, I think now we've seen enough of the season where wh- why do you let yourself, why dig yourself a hole? Like, okay, you're starting Chris Duarte. What's the point? You, you just hope that he hits that night and you can play him 20 minutes? I see more times than not, it's like, oh, he's 10 to 15 minutes. Then bring his 10 to 15 minutes off the bench. Start with a bang. Start with your best guys. Monk's one of your best guys. He's one of your best guys. And I understand like, oh, but then what, you're playing Fox without the ball a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But you stagger it. Then you let Malik Monk work with that group. Bring Fox back in. You you can tinker with it. Trey Lyles would fit perfectly. Now, defensively, I think at times with Lyles, I think mm-hmm. there could be some challenges. Isn't well, that with anyone else? That's with her from Lawrence right now. Say, Except it, Trey's going to rebound. He's going to play with some toughness. He's going to bring some energy and spacing. I just think if that lineup looks pretty good in the limited sample size that we've seen, and we've seen those players individually, Lyles, be productive. And Monk, just start your best guys. You guys, but but here's the thing. You, you say like, oh, you're going to see this defensively at times, whatever. Do you realize the Milwaukee Bucks have to talk about, hey, we're starting Dame Lillard and we're going to see some things defensively at times that aren't going to be pretty. You're you're going to have that with the best players in the league. You're going to have that with the best teams in the league. You're going to have those issues. It's how you bring it together as a team yeah. and, and try and cover up those flaws uh, as a team when you see those issues. Um, I'm, I'm not opposed to... That situation, and also really quick too. I remember I forget who Mike Bibby was talking about, but he said one of his coaches in his NBA career, he was like, "Yeah, he would write out three offensive plays before the game even started, and said, you 're going to run this one first, second, third. And I was like, "Well, why?" Because we were talking about the Kings getting holes. Yeah. And he said, because he, he wanted to punch quick. Punch quick. And he was like, he was so OCD and was just like, you're going to punch quick. This is how you're going to execute your first couple of plays with this play. And I said, were they plays that you practiced in practice? Like, run blue, run blue. And he's like, no. He would write them out. We would have to remember them. And that's how we would really come out strong against a team. And you're talking about even just adjusting a starting lineup to come out strong against a team. My whole point to this is the importance of coming out strong yeah. in these games. And, and I understand like Mike's pushback is like, I, I like Monk with that second unit. He brings us that spark off the bench, 
But I still, I maintain that you could still kind of get that. Like you could still just to stagger it a little bit. Um, and I think the challenge is, okay, so if you start Fox and Monk, then you take Fox out at his normal six-minute mark. Fox has traditionally come back in like the two, three-minute mark. So are you playing... I feel like Mike, it's weird how he runs Malik, where he runs him for long stretches. Yeah. Like, really long stretches. So, that would kind of take him out of those long stretches. I don't know. I'm not the coach. I mean, just start better. Start a group that's going to start better. All right? Um, but I don't know. I would look at playing that lineup, even if you're not starting. I look at playing that lineup just more because I think it's, it is a good lineup out there. Yeah. And also, until there's moves that are made, I think part of the searching right now, I don't know. I wonder if it's Mike just throwing stuff against the wall going, I need some help with this roster. Let me try this. Let me try that. Is that going to stick? Uh, that's stuck for tonight. Okay. Uh, that's not sticking. I, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think Mike can roll with stuff, stuff yeah. a little bit better, but I think he's also like, I mean, look, Morgan, once Scano Anderson's on a 10-day contract. Well, he likes him. He's playing him. That's what I'm saying. He likes him. For stretches, he likes him. I mean, he's he's playing JTA because he likes him. A team that is eight games above 500, that's fifth in the West, if they're searching and they have to play Juan Toscano Anderson, I think that's... It, be, Juan being on the roster is fine. It's just now you're trying to like play a guy that's on a 10-day contract. Keon Ellis is on a two-way deal. You're just... It's a lot of searching. And that that's what this year has turned into. It's like when they're losing, they're searching. And it's it's... Even, even Colby Jones being on the road, I'm like, oh, God, like that, that has been so strange too, because one, just not seeing any NBA minutes, but two, his impact with the Stockton Kings has been tremendous, tremendous, but yeah, I don't know. Search away. In the chat, uh, G L Lobo says, Deuce, he's playing, he's playing to send a message to Monty. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they could just communicate that. I, I mean, I, I I feel like Mike and Monty have a relationship. You could just like, hey, my, hey, Monty, Wes, I really need this for the team. Words. But like this, I, these are just conversations that unfortunately are just going to keep happening if this team plays like this, which is when they win, it's all good. But when they lose, it's like this. It's ugly. And I think the thing that every Kings fan can admit is this team needs something different. It needs some change and... Tweaks. It's coming, man. January 15th is another date where some more contracts can be moved around the league. And then, you know... Is it not January 15th yet? It's January 12th. Jesus. I yeah. thought it was like January 20th right now. No. I have no I no. no concept of time. It's tough, man. Who am I? We Manny's here. Do you want to talk to Manny? Sure. Hi, Manny. Welcome into Night Chat with Deuce and Mo. What's up, Deuce? Hey, hey. Hi, Manny. Hey, Mo. What's so, going on? Look, we, it's, it's crazy because there's so many things right now that you can like, just point fingers at, right? From the bench to Mike's rotations. Fox looks a little weary. So I'm going to go a different direction. It's not to point a finger at him. But in just watch, and I'm I'm rewatching the game right now. I stepped out of the room because I I like to get abused, obviously. Um, Ball is life. Watching, I'm watching Sabonis, and you know we talk about the disrespect he gets in the national media, right? He's a in our eyes, he's a 
We see him, I, to me, he's a top five center. He should be easily a, a starting all-star, um, a lot of things. But I, then I watch a game like tonight, and I'm like, dude, I, I love that you're unselfish. I love the things you do. But you need to find a balance between being unselfish and as being one of the top two guys right now and taking over when you see everything else going wrong around you. Like, Embiid's not there. I don't care what kind of schemes they're running or how good Reed's defense is or what they game planned. You should dominate this team tonight. Like you should be the main focal point to me, regardless in a game like this, but especially in seeing what's going on around you. And yeah, he gave double digit rebounds, but watching the shot attempts and, uh, you know, some of that, I guess it's petty stuff. I know, but like putting the ball down instead of going straight up and, and I don't know, man, like some of that's like in my head, it starts running as you definitely need to be part of this team. You definitely need to be part of the championship run this team's going to get on at some point. But maybe that's not as one of the top two guys, definitely the core. But maybe we do need that other guy, that top two. I don't even know who would that be, right? Like it could be, I guess, a Jamie Grant or well, a I, Kuzma or, or a Zach, whatever. I, but I don't know if it's any of those guys either. I think, I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I, I don't I think, know either. I think, it'd be, I think it can be Keegan in the future. I really do. It may not be this year for Keegan. Um, You're right. But in, the, yeah. in the first half, Sabonis, one of two. He had two points, six rebounds, three turnovers, three fouls. And yeah. he's been getting caught a little bit, putting the ball on the floor this year. Teams are reading it well. They're, they're stripping him. They're seeing it. And uh, the turnovers for him have gone up recently. But um, yeah, two shot attempts. I mean, we got that's figure, ridiculous. Got to figure Again, that out. Bead's not even there. Like you should, he should have been licking his chops going into yeah. that. I mean, game. they were being aggressive with their double teams. Tobias Harris is coming at him hard, man. I mean, it. They did he a re- they did a really nice job on him, but it's the, again that's. You're right. But again, you're you're like, right. He's got to be. He's just got to be better. You are a top right. You're a top two behind Jokic in the West. You're a top. Yeah. Overall, top five center. I don't care what they're throwing at you. You're putting it down on them. Like, you just are. Yeah, and so I like, loved it. First play of the second half, they ran a play for him, and he scored yeah. with a nice shot. And and he was definitely more aggressive in that second half. I, I It was way better. But, yeah, you're right. It's like they dug themselves a hole. And so, yeah, I, I think I have a tough time. Like tonight, yes, for sure. Your 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 main guys didn't play well, but no one played well. I think mm-hmm. my frustration lies because big picture wise, I'm like, dude, Fox and Savonis have been awesome this year. Big picture. Keegan, I love how he's playing Monk. But then it's like, where else? I just when you have a starting lineup where two of the guys are non factors, good luck. How are you going to be a legit playoff team if two of your guys are non-factors? Those guys were non-factors during the playoffs. But last mm-hmm. year, we weren't saying that about Kevin Herter. He had stretches where he went cold, but Kevin Herter would still, like, stuff was happening. Like, he was setting guys up in pick-and-roll situations. He and Sabonis had a nice chemistry. He was throwing some nice passes. He'd do, he'd get going in the mid-range, hit threes. I mean, we're talking about him six points a game in January? I mean... My whole point is, it's what's around these guys. And now it's on this team, like the coaching staff, front office. How do we maximize what we have in these three guys, four if you include Monk? 
because th- this team has the ability to be pretty damn good, and they're sitting here at twenty three and fifteen. Besides, in spite of all these shortcomings. Well, here's a bright spot. There's at least you're not a fan base booing somebody's widow oh, while they're dude. being inducted into a ring of honor. I saw, I heard about that tonight. Jerry Krause, of course, in, inducted into the ring of honor for the Bulls, and I guess Bulls fans uh, booed the widow. And and I go, look, I didn't. I think that was really bad, disrespectful. And Morgan's like, what? Are you stunned right now? No, I I saw it and. I was I was thinking, oh, it's just fans. It's weird fans. Like nobody, it is, but nobody should take it weirdly. It no, doesn't matter. Here's, here, here's the quick thing about two things that I'll say about there. One, it's it, it's a lot goes on the organization two ways. One, whatever made you think that you could invite Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen on the same night with everything that's going on with them, you were stupid to think either one of them would show up. Two, you you know the history of Cross with like me. Like I hated Cross for the longest. Once he passed away, I kind of like was like, eh, whatever. Going into yeah. this event, what you need to do is you show her picture on the on the jumbotron right away, put her name under it for a couple seconds, and then you introduce her because wow. then you you give the fans a chance to see who it is. They yeah. didn't even know when they first started booing. They didn't know what they just booed the name. They didn't boo her. Yes, they booed the name. Agre- agreed. Yes, but also like I think the other angle on this is. Um, the last dance did him no favors. They no, you know, like, it was I, such bullshit. It's like the guy is dead, and you are just mm-hmm. piling on, and he does not get to defend himself. Um, yeah, and that's why even for me, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I understand this organization or these mm-hmm. this fan base. I'm sorry, this fan base doing whatever they're doing, but I also I'm I also just like I don't have much faith in society like does anyone at this point like why you know like if you knew this was gonna be a possibility and people are pieces of shits like Mm -hmm. then just stay away from it just stay away and you knew it and that's the thing is this is the ineptness of that organization they go into this whole ring of honor phil jackson gets phil jackson gets cut off at some point during it doesn't even get to like absorb everything they didn't even announce everybody's name that was there so luke longley flies in from australia doesn't even hear his name like not that he was like but it's like if you got learn how to like as an organization if you're gonna do it do it right or just don't do it yep agreed thanks for that manny all right thanks guys have a good night bye thanks there's manny (laughs) i'm not trying to be like cynical but i'm just like no it was it was bad it was bad like it also like hey i understand the last dance did not make him look good okay how many championships did you win? Right. You won six championships. You won six championships. Relax, all right? What are you booing? Uh, who's in the voice chat now? It starts with a K. I can't see the full name. I don't know why. Discord's weird sometimes. That is weird. Who are you? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah who is this? Yeah, this is Kyle. Hi, uh, Kyle. What's up, dude? Sorry, it was a little quiet. It's all no, good. What's fine. on your mind, dude? Well, you know, I watch pretty much every single Kings game, and it's always fun to watch these guys win a game. Uh, but tonight's game, my frustration comes from the Sixers knew 
it seems to me like the Kings run the same plays and the, the same diagram every time they go up and down the court and everything. They don't do anything new. So they've got their number, basically. And, and Sabonis, every time he went down the middle or whatever, they had three guys on him, two guys on him, stripping the ball from him. I mean, they, they knew exactly what we were going to do, and they were ready for it. You know, and- they they game planned, Kyle. They I thought they did a great job. Sorry to cut you off. They did a great job of game planning for what the Kings, like you said, were going to do. And I felt like the Kings... Yes. including Sabonis, we're not making quick decisions. Because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Is like improv. You're supposed to make a quick decision and um, make sure that you're making them feel like they don't know what you're going to do. And then on top of that, really quick, you guys, they were the Sixers were making so many shots in that first half, especially that the Kings weren't able to grab a rebound and just push the pace and go the other way. So I see what you're saying there. And the other thing I wanted to add to that is, um, you know, you have to know that that stuff's coming, especially with them beat out. Like, you're going to get doubled, Sabonis. Like, their guy, their big guy is out. So, yeah, it, it's coming. Absolutely. Like, you know, like, they're going to throw more attention your way. You're the force. Without their guy, they're coming at you. And it help when you have the situation with Harrison Barnes and, and Herter being out. These guys, I I really enjoyed watching them last season play, and whatever funk they're in is really, I think, not helping this team because we need those guys scoring fifteen points a night or or playing defense. Uh, you know, we're using uh, guys that don't have the experience that those guys have. You know, we're using the end of our bench. It, I, I don't know what's going on with them. It's just yeah, weird. I yeah. mean, I work in I, information technology. I'm not a coach, but <laughs> I just don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds it's weird. Sounds like you could be a coach. Uh, information well, Kyle, technology. I appreciate appreciate you checking in, dude. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, right, Kyle. You guys have a good evening. You, you too. too. Yeah, I'm. I'm bummed that Herter tweaked his ankle. I know he's questionable coming into the game, and I, I hope he can come back soon because I, I'm still not out on his ability to help this team. And even in that last game, he got minutes before he got injured. Was it his Pistons, Hornets? He got hurt in the Hornets game, right? Yeah. The Pistons game, even when he's missing shots, I'm like, Dude, he's playing well. Like, I liked how he's playing. And so I, I still think he can help the team. In terms of his shot, I don't know what the hell's going on. You know on. what I, I like I about don't. your perspective is that a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people, and I'm not just talking about um, fans of the game or of the team, but people that cover the team and analyze this game. There's, and even national, local, whatever, there's a lot of people that will just be so quick to be out and be like, there needs to be a change to him. There yeah. needs to be a change to him. But I'm so with you on on being a a lot more realistic with what he's still capable of doing and that it's not all lost all of a sudden, but it truly feels like a lot of things are lost at this moment in time with him, but it's, it's just not the case. That's just not how sports work for anyone unless they're barring major injuries or something that happens in their health. But with this, it's not that it's, I think it's something something so so small that can be tweaked 
And it's like you said, if he's not shooting well, you know he's capable of doing the other things well. He's just not doing that on a consistent basis, but I think it's still there to to be capable of doing. Yeah, and I think just looking at this Kings team right now, it just from a, a depth perspective, you know, it's you got Fox, Sabonis, Murray. There's three, okay? Mm-hmm. Monk, four. Lyle's five. That's that's f- five. You try. Do you want to throw Alex Len in the you trust that he can help you category this year? Has there been enough of a sample size with him? Yeah. But okay. Yeah. But like okay, six. Okay. Okay. But then you're going Kessler, uh, Davion. He's not in the mix right now. Javale, no. Keon. I, you know what's so funny with Keon and Davion? I go, but it's not their fault. <laughs> That's where my my brain I, I my brain goes there, and the reason why I say that because we saw a a series against the Golden State Warriors where Davion was making such an impact on one of the best players in the world against Steph Curry, and I go that can't be the only thing you can do, but at the same time it was something, and that's where I just go, well maybe he's either not being utilized the right way, this system isn't right for him. Or he's not right for the system. Well, I think the one thing he can be better at is when he's out there, be quick with the decisions. He's mm-hmm. got to shoot it better. I think in some of the outings we saw, I don't know, that it's not like he's played a lot, but in some of the outings you're seeing him make some of those quicker decisions. Yeah. But for him, I think he just needs a new spot. Like, I agree. It, I, I think for him the last year, it's he's, tough. Like. You play, you come in, you play three minutes, and then you come out. You it's look hard. at the moments in the seasons when he was playing. The more minutes he was playing, the more productive he was. And you can go, wait, doesn't that work for everybody? No, he was. I, what my point is, is that he had very positive play when he was playing more minutes. Like he was being a productive NBA player um, in this league with more minutes, even if it was in just a certain role and yeah i think he's capable of still i agree uh giving that yeah you're right bud okay yeah. good i'm fine good as you should be there's a game coming up on sunday we had a game sunday kings and bucks uh we're also doing a g league game saturday if you're listening to this on saturday tonight kings the stockton version playing at golden one center against the long island net I'm so excited to call that game with you. I also love all the people that decided to come tonight and hang out with us after this game. Hours and hours after the Kings got dumb. That's pretty dope. Thank you. Uh, Final thoughts. Uh, Final thoughts. Uh, Super excited. I know this is just so funny to some people. I love, love, love calling games. I love calling games with you. I just think. That is one of my favorite things in life that I get to do. And the fact that we get to do it at Golden One Center again, it's just like, oh, it feels like a dream. It's so cool. I'm so excited to call the game with you tomorrow. That will be on KMAX, 5 o'clock tip. Locally on KMAX 31. So check it out. My final thought has nothing to do with any of your compliments. Thanks. Um, you know, I like to, my, my final thoughts are always like big picture on the Kings. No, like, your final thoughts are everywhere, but proceed. Thank you. First of all, my hair looks great. Got a good haircut. Thank you. Thanks for noticing everybody. Appreciate big picture. All, appreciate the love. Yeah, big picture. Hair going in the right direction. Hair is looking great. Cool. 
Um, big picture, this team could use a sip out of the Malik Monk confidence mason jar. I call it a mason jar because it's my last name, you know. So, or you why. just picture a mason jar being yeah. able to screw a lid on it, keep the confidence in. Yeah, I, I think that the team could use that. Okay. It's not to get rattled early when things aren't going well. Yeah. You know, not to overthink it. I feel like Malik Monk, even tonight, Malik Monk missed shots. Malik Monk was playing out there. You got to go play. And I think as the Kings look to evolve this roster approaching the trade deadline, it's looking for guys that don't get rattled, looking for some dogs. I need some guys that want to get after it who aren't going to back down. They're not going to be shook if their shot doesn't go in they're not going to be shook if someone hits them first yeah they're going to hit back and that's why i keep going to like all right who are those confidence guys who are guys that can come in and they're going to play every single night even thinking about someone like zach levine who i've struggled with when discussing him and the prospect of him being on the kings i go morgan close your eyes for a second all right think of zach levine Running dribble handoffs like Herter. The difference, Zach Levine could take it to the rack. But Zach Levine can also hit the three. It does make you more dynamic offensively. And I know we talk about the Kings defense. Yeah, it has to get better. I they Their offense needs to get better. Zach could help that. Kyle Kuzma would be an upgrade. He would help that. He could pass it. He's got size. He runs the floor. Just saying, be open-minded about things as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Uh, you know, I start thinking about defenders out there. Mm-hmm. Matisse Thibel. Mm. I don't know. That's a long final thought. That was. My final thought is... Um, oh, he has another one. My last final thought. <laughs> if I came across a little uh, angry today or a little down, I'm sorry. What? I still, I still love this game. You didn't. I'm you still, came off passionate and like a little ticked, but like fine. Because I have greater expectations. I see Fox, Sabonis, and Keegan. That's I'm fine. a huge Keegan guy. I think he's going to be a stud. I just want to see this team take a fun leap this year and not have games like tonight's. And also saw a lot of you with some sweet compliments and thank you. Uh, Kings fans and not Kings fans. So thanks for the love. Thanks for listening to our final thoughts. And thanks for hanging out on a Friday night. Let's hang out Sunday night. Sunday night. We love you guys so, so, so much. Make sure to drop comments below. Let us know your ideas, how you would tweak things or fix things Mm. or trade ideas. Whatever you have thoughts on, drop in the comments below. We love you guys, but we got to go. Y'all have a wonderful rest of your night. See ya! I hit the wrong button. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya! Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.